Hello and welcome to Something to Think About Over the Weekend, a podcast where my father and I, Rabbi Avi Horowitz, and myself, Ayelet, will go into depth discussing ideas that are relevant and meaningful to our lives today based on the weekly Torah portion, otherwise known as the Parsha. These are always chock full of ideas that present us with amazing opportunities to explore all kinds of things, subjects, topics, and anything else that comes up, really. Our hope is to widen your horizon with our questions and conversations, different viewpoints and thoughts on the weekly Parsha so that you will indeed have something to think about over Shabbat. Shabbat is such a great time to relax. It gives us the luxury of time to think about life, our relationships, issues, anything really that comes up. So with no further ado, here is something to think about. Hello and welcome everybody to Something to Think About over the weekend. You are here with my father and I. My name is Ayala Harwitz. I'm a life coach. I live here in Israel now for two years. And with me is my father, Rabbi Avi Horowitz, who's been a school director for over 20 years, as well as a community rabbi. So here's our topic for this week. Abba, why don't you tell us what we're thinking about this week? This week, we're thinking about old age. Old age. What are our attitudes towards old age? And you might say a couple things. First of all, why are we talking about old age in this week's uh, Sidra, this week's reading of the Torah portion? We'll get to that in a minute. But more than that is, um, why do we think it's such a topic? And the question I would have to you is, why do you think it's not a topic? I mean, it is the topic. We are dealing with a historically aging population. And we know that the challenges of an aging population are many, multiple fronts, dealing with social security issues, dealing with um health issues of the infirm and the aged pension pension family attitudes family uh structure how do families deal with the aging uh, how can we plan better for our years of the golden years as they call them financially um how do we keep ourselves busy we're, we're not going to be able to deal with all that stuff but we want to give complimentary things to think about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's why I think it's a huge issue. I mean, it's it's an issue that we all have to deal with. And what we're going to try to do is give a healthy spin on how um, the tradition of the Bible in the Torah portion this week gives a um, a really nice uh, way to think about it. So let's let's start actually from the source of what inspires this topic for this week. It's really quite obvious. The, the Parsha starts off talking about the death of Avram Avinu, of the patriarch Abraham's lifelong companion, his wife, Sarah. And she seems to die at an earlier age than I guess he would have expected, at 127 years. He lives all the way to 175 years, so that's a lot of years where he's living alone. They weren't exactly the same age, but there were, he lived alone for quite some time. Not only does it talk about her death and his mourning of her death, but it also talks about his assuring that she would have an honorable death burial, sorry, a burial plot in the land of Israel. It's the first acquisition in the land of Israel by our patriarchs in Hebron. 
That's a big topic. Um, I just want to make a like a small pause. If any of you would be interested in learning more about the importance of acquiring land here in Israel, definitely let us know because that's a huge topic. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean acquiring. I'm not even going there about acquiring. I'm just saying it's more it's more like having to do with the the land right. You know, biblical land rights. You know, when we talk about being the progeny of Abraham. So, you know, he's already acquiring, you know, lawfully the land of Israel. That, that's opening Separate up a whole, time. whole new a topic, blip. right? But so basically burial of Sarah, his wife. And then it, it introduces the next story as by saying, and Abraham was old, Baba Yamim, his days coming in days, literally, like becoming an old man. And he starts planning for the rest of his life. And he plans for the marriage of his child. And that takes up a large part of the portion. But then afterwards, he also plans for his death by giving away many of his, practically all of his possessions to Isaac and to his other children. We have the issue of, that sounds very familiar in today's day and age, of like children looking at their aging parents and going, Dad, you know, you're still young. Why don't you get remarried? Or why don't you do this and that? Or why don't you get involved in X, Y, Z thing? Um, and that's actually what happens. You know, Yitzhak goes and brings a former wife, according to the tradition, Hagar, or it could have been someone else, um, in the simple reading of the text, where and Abraham actually gets married again and fathers six children. So it's quite an amazing thing that in his old age he does that. And so there's there's a lot in this Parsha that deals with um, the, the end of life issues. And one of the interesting thing is that an estranged son, Yishmael, who Abraham, you know, had a little bit of a, quite an argument, I would say, with his wife about what to do with, it ends up expelling him from their household reconciles with Yishmael in this week's parasha all the way at the end. So it's very reminiscent of end of life issues. So what we want to do is we want to ask ourselves, how do we view old age? What are our basic attitudes towards old age? What does Western society today say about old age? So let's start there so we can work our way backwards. What What do you think, Ayala? Are the predominant are the predominant views or the predominant attitudes towards old age today? <laughs> I think of old age today in Western society, and I'm thinking of old ladies with neon yellow fingernail polish and zebra print and high heels. Right. So, what do you think that's expressing? <laughs> and I'm trying, and I'm getting the message of like, jokes. We're not actually old, young in spirit. Hashtag forever young. Right. So, like a desperate lunge at trying to work back their years and get young again. There's yeah, a, there's you're like either a trying frenetic... to get young quick and still be there, or you just gave up on life and you're just waiting to die. It's like, ah, it doesn't even matter. I'm 70 now. Yeah, I can well, do what I want. I can say what I want. It doesn't even matter. Exactly. And when I go back in my memories as a child also, as a child we had to visit, as part of our school program, we would visit the old age homes. And thank God they had us do that because I think our attitudes would have even been worse, worsely affected by the general 
attitude towards old age and old people if we didn't. But I remember as a child just like being so, I don't know if the word is horrified, but just um, not comfortable, not comfortable. And well, unfortunately, we weren't really taught about how to integrate ourselves into the company of elders. Um, they were just like untouchable people who are like shuffling around in the old age home. So what is it that we can do about this attitude? Are we comfortable with this attitude? Does that seem right that a person is young, the li- his life is in his hands, right? He is in the, let's say, the... Um, best part of life and as a person gets older it's almost as if there would be this implicit fear of getting to a point where he or she just is not as relevant not as active not as functional um, not as important non-generating i mean not i think that's such a great question like it's such a great coaching question for anyone who's listening is when you think about old age, what are what feelings come up for you, and what are those feelings based off of? Like my father mentioned a couple of things just now. Like some people may fear about being irrelevant or outdated or not seen, and it's very interesting for each of us to understand what about old age has us feeling uncomfortable because uncomfortable can be a lot of different things. So I thought that's an interesting question to uh, to give you guys. Um, I just want to mention some people actually love old people. Not everyone feels uncomfortable being around older people, like my mother. <laughs> my mother loves old people. Right. I guess it would be good if we brought her on the show to ask her what is it that she sees in old people. Perhaps she'll just cut to the chase and get to the end of um, our message for today. Let's see if we can work it out slowly through a process. Um, so generally what we're just doing is we're describing old age as like a deconstruction of man so to speak, um, where a person builds himself up and then they kind of slowly destruct it's, uh, or decompose. It's a little too strong. But basically they kind of fall apart. So what could there be possibly um, there to, to change that image? I mean, is there anything that we can do to change that image? So interestingly enough, when we look at the sources of the Parsha, Midrashim and other sources in the in the tradition, not only does it describe Abraham as getting old, but it actually describes him as asking for old age. It's like the introduction of old age in the Bible. Abraham Zakain in Hebrew and, and Abraham became old is actually the first time that the word zikna, which in Hebrew means old age or old elderliness, um, it shows up in the Torah. And why would he look for you know, the the in, the introduction of the creation of old age. He actually, according to these sources, he asked for physical, the physical appearance of old age. And, and the way it expresses itself in the Midrash is that he says, what happens if two people walk into a room, a father and a son? The people don't know whom to venerate, the father or the son. They look the same. It's important that a father and a son look different. And one looks his place as an older person and the other younger. And in other sources, like the, the, the look of an older pe- person with white hair is actually seen in, um, in, in, in Bible sources as like a crown on the head of a person. It's like viewed in very positive light. So where do we start? So I think 
even though we're not um, mystics, but I think one of the great places to start about this issue to give us some perspective is a Zohar. Zohar is called the Book of Splendor, which is one of the largest sources of mystical tradition in, in the Jewish tradition. And the Zohar says, um, commenting very often on psukim, on v- verses in the Torah that seem to say something that we translate them as meaning something else because the simple meaning doesn't seem to translate, is actually the example that we cited before. Avraham is old, coming in days. Now, perhaps in today's vernacular, we have a way of describing like coming in days. I'm not even sure. Perhaps in old English, people used to say coming in days, but getting old, basically. You'd say like the days. But if, but that's just a way of expressing what we think the words are saying, but the words really in Hebrew are saying he's coming with his days. And Abraham is old, coming with his days. What could possibly that possibly mean? So, so the Zohar says a, um, a metaphor. It says it's like the days of a person's life are set out almost as if you can imagine like a large carpet where a person's days is, are, are all set out in front of him. And when the person utilizes those days positively, and energetically, the person actually accumulates a garment of days. And as the person grows older, those days are created into a large garment that clothe the person. And of course, the Zohar laments the waste of those days, in, which results in a person getting to the end of his life with a tattered garment, because the, the garment's days uh, are missing, so the garment is not full. In any case, the the idea of wearing your days as if it's a garment gives us the the ability to think about this in a different way. It gives us uh, a, a glimmer of what perhaps intuitively we know about old age, which is the beauty of old age. It's it's the idea that when we're young. Everything is about becoming, right? You know, we're going to do this because we're going to become this. You know, when you ask a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? The child says, well, I want to be this. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a astronaut. An astronaut. And then it kind of gets a little bit more realistic as they get older and they go to school and university and they want to be this. And I'm going to make money so that when I get older, I have plenty of time to like do nothing. <laughs> Basically do nothing, right? Because... Nobody has great hopes for their old age, but it's all about becoming something. And what we see in the Torah, actually, is that the life of an adult, of an adult, of an old person, is the life of just being. It's a life of living with your garment. It's a life of integration of those days into your life now, consolidation, internalization of the message of your whole life. It's also reconciliation based on that, which means things like we found in this week's Parsha, where Avraham Avinu gets back together with his wife and child that he had to expel from the house. He reconciles some other issues in his life, 
like um, what did he do with all those gifts that he got from Pharaoh? So he ends up giving to his other children that he bears from Hagar. What about his unmarried son, Yitzchak? What's going to be with Yitzchak? All these issues that he needs to deal with, he uses his old age to reconcile. And so in a sense, it's not really a deconstruction, but it's actually a, a construction. And interestingly enough, in their, in their wisdom, the, the sages say in the Talmud, stirat zakenim binyan, the binyan in arim stira. They say that very often construction that is done by the youth is actually destruction. And stirat zakenim and the destruction of the elderly, binyan, is actually construction. Which means very often what you see on the surface of a on the face of a of an elderly person as if it's he is actually deconstructing it's actually what you see is the opposite um the fear of getting old if we think about it not only um cheats us out of um what it means to be old very often but i also believe it can cheat us out of what it means to be young that's a little bit of a hard thing to explain right now, but I just want to make sure that what I just said is clear. Do you, do you have what I have? Do you, do you agree with what I said so far about elderly life, what it means to be old? I think that was so powerful. It kind of like had me just processing that for a bit. I thought it was, it's such a powerful idea to think that old age is, is the, the giving of fruits of what you've done when you were younger. It's the, yeah, it, it's like the the being of what you've created, and it it's it's a beautiful idea and it's powerful. And I I'm also understanding now a lot of the fear that people have getting to old age because maybe what now when we're young it's like oh I don't want to like not be able to walk or do things or like some of the more small things people are not going to notice me. But the thought of having to live with everything that you've done wearing your days when you're young, when you're older is very scary. It's like, Oh man, what did I do with my life? What am I going to be reaping? Like what, what are going to, what are the fruits of my labor going to be? And that's a huge, huge, like a mind shift. Well, I, I didn't want to focus so much on the negative part of that Zohar. That, I'm not thinking have, it's we negative. We have the tattered the garment, you know, the person living with the tattered. But look, you know, the chips fall as they may. And a person ultimately has to, you know, reap the fruits of their action or inaction during life. And that's just the way it is. But can you imagine in your own mind's eye the presence of an older, elderly person and saying that person is present more than a younger person? You know what I mean by that? Like present, like a, more of a heavy, real, I'm using the word heavy as if it's coming in for the word in Hebrew, kavod, interestingly enough, which means honor, but it also comes to the word heavy. It's like a, it's like a, a presence that you can't just move around easily. That, that makes more, I, I'm not so sure about the heaviness, but I know yeah, not that, that connotation. when I'm, when I'm in front of people who are older, I do feel a sense of awe of like, wow. You know, they, they lived, they have so much experience, they, they've done their... Yeah, you and Rabbi Yochanan. I mean, the Gemara says in Kedushin, the Talmud says that Rabbi Yochanan said, 
whoever he met that was elderly, let's say 70 and older, he always would stand up for, regardless of who they might have been in their previous life. He says, like he would say, how many experiences this person has lived in his life? And that in and of itself was a source of showing honor to them, according to this great sage, Rabbi Yochanan. So there is just something about being old. And I think the only ingredient that's missing very often when a person doesn't feel that is when the person who is old actually doesn't want to be old. Right. Doesn't want to assume his position in life. But think about the examples that you have in your life or that you had in your life of elderly people who you just are attracted to because they are comfortable in their own position, their own skin, so to speak, their elderly skin, their withered skin, their gray hair, white hair, and they just have a presence. And the presence that they, um, that they display, I believe, comes from this idea that they just are looking at life as an accumulation of wonderful teaching and learning experiences that has brought them to the to today. And they're, you know, very often happy to share, very often very eager to share their life experiences with others. Um, that will depend on their own style. But, but just their presence should be a factor, should be a... a draw to young people if they see them that way the people i'm thinking about are really amazing people <laughs> really just there there's a vibrancy and an aliveness in people who are older who like who are happy to be where they are maybe and, you can describe a little of that like you know get into detail if you, maybe you're talking about my father or maybe you're talking about uh, your, about your father's parents. sister brenda she's amazing so what is it that draws you to her? Like, maybe you can describe it in different words. This this is a woman who you see and is so in Hebrew. There's there's a word called adin. In, in it's like soft. There's a softness about Elegance. about her, which is really really calming and nice and comfortable to be with. And she's experienced a lot in life and definitely nothing easy. But there's, there's a piece that goes along with her, just an acceptance of what was and the celebration of what is that is so beautiful. And she's one of these people who doesn't come to old age um, in, um, what's the word, like in surrender. You know, a lot of times I see people who are old who just surrender to old age. And Surrender doesn't have to be negative, but there's like a, oh, well, it, it is what it is kind of surrender. And then there's the surrender of like, this is what it is. And, and, and yeah, it's more of like an Real, acceptance. Deep acceptance. And she goes and walks every day and goes to choir practice and meets up with her friend and enjoys the benefits of old age, which is the fact that you're not working. So now you have all this time to meet up with friends, to talk to your children, to go out. She goes to choir practice. It's, it's, when I think about getting old, I think about, I think about her. Right. So it's that, it's that uh, ability to be in the moment. and Without to, rushing to the next. Right. And to just be, and, and not always, like we said, and always the, the worry that's always in the front center back of our minds as children or as young adults, that we need to become something. We need to eventually <laughs> get Become something, somewhere. get somewhere, achieve right. something. Right. 
And very often their example for the youth um, is basically learn to live in the moment. They are living, they should, God, you know, hopefully, are examples of, living examples of how to live the moments. It's more than living in the moment, it's living for the moment. The subtle difference being like, you could live in the moment and just be here, but when you're living for the moment, there is a desire to be here. This is what I'm here for. It's like when so many times I see people going out now and phones are always in hand and everyone's walking around with their AirPods as if like nothing really matters. They're always on to the next and the next coming thing. And I, I find that that living for the moment, just the total um, desire to be present without feeling like there's a need to be anywhere else or that there's anything else that's more important. It's It doesn't matter who's going to text me now. It doesn't matter if someone calls me now. It's I'm so happy to be here talking with you. At, right now, there's nothing more important than this because this is where we are right now. And, and this gives me joy and this gives me peace and happiness. There's Living for the moment is so much more powerful, I think, than living in the moment. Great. I hear that. And it's, it's great that you have those examples. And I, when I think of my own experience and then going back to the, what I had mentioned before, about visiting an old age home, I think very often, unfortunately, it's like a, it's like a, what can I say? It's a dance between the elderly and the youngerly that creates this negativity. I think, I think elderly are convinced by the younger uh, generation that it's um, by their disparaging looks or by their kind pity. of fear, pity in their eyes that like, you know, you have no relevance anymore and the elderly buy it or they themselves perhaps are sometimes live hopelessly with very little to look forward to. And as a result, um, because of the style of lives that they lived and as young children and as young adults, they get to the stage of adulthood, elderly, um, uh, senior part of life. And they really, it creates this vicious cycle. They really give off this air to the younger people that, that this really stinks. It's, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. Frankie. And it's all about, you know, we have those visions of, you know, people we know or we don't know sitting around Florida, you know, getting together for early bird specials, you know, to eat supper at four o'clock and talk about what aches and pains they have. And they went to the doctor and they came back from the doctor. And it's it's not a vision that's very attractive, unfortunately. And it's and perhaps um, we can do something about it. <laughs> By, not just by sending children to old age homes, but by teaching them a little bit about how to give the time for an elderly person mm. to show his garment, to show what his garment looked like, perhaps with his remorse and his regrets, but you know, try to get children to keep elderly people focused on the things that uh, the part of their garments that are quite intact and the things that they did learn about life and what their accomplishments were and what they did and and those type of reactions and interactions are, are, are really what could make a big difference, I think, in the world. I think that's such a nice idea to have people interact more with old people, but not just interacting, but also 
with with the objective and focus of 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 really highlighting the life of someone who's lived as long as as they've lived and and celebrating that. I think that's really nice. It's bringing me back. I spent a really nice Shabbos by my cousins in Efrat two weeks ago, and I met a really lovely older man who uh, wasn't initially really interested in talking about his his past. He wanted to know about me and my life coaching. And I just kept asking him questions about what what life was and when he came to Israel and what he did. And this is an incredible, incredible, fascinating man who accomplished so much opening companies and, and his, what he was telling me was be at the right place at the right moment and be open to possibility. Cause that's what he, that's what he did in his life. And that's how he accomplished so much. He was telling you about this great example about how he, um, he ran a huge business with fans. Um, and he was saying, someone called him asking him if he knew how to do some sort a certain kind of wiring or piping or something. And he was like, ah, do you know how to do a P, you know, PBC something or other? And he's like, yep, I can do that. And then he was like, all right, great. Hung up. And then he looks over to his partner and he's like, do you know how to do those PBC something or others? He just took it and he learned how to do it and he did it and he became really successful. And he really believes and he was, he kept trying to tell me how it's so important to um, to be open to the possibilities of life and how taking those possibilities could really make or break who you can become. And I thought it was such an awesome lesson. This is also someone who moved to Israel in the 1950s. Um, he was in the war and it was, it was fascinating, yeah. really fascinating. Well, I would say that one last uh, issue that has to do with how we react to um, the elderly and what we try to do for them. Very often, and you find in countries we found in South America, we find in Israel and, and in America to an extent that in order to give elderly people something to do and feel uh, almost, you know, to justify their, their I don't know, existence because it's so that they don't become a burden, so to speak, on society, um, we try to get them into the workforce again. The governments make these programs where, you know, you see these cashiers or you see these people that are working in, I don't know, somewhere in the department stores or grocery stores where, you know, clearly much more elderly people than normal than you see. And you know that they're part of a program. I've seen it a lot. And that's great because, you know, it can it can provide for, you know, some dignity um, towards, you know, an aging process. But I don't think that that's it. You know, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't rub me right. All right, because, you know, you, you're giving a person the dignity in the sense that he can actually do something and make money for himself and be more independent. But, but that's with the assumption that to us, then the best thing and the thing that gives us the most dignity is doing. When we just said that being old is about reveling in the being. Right. Well, so like I'm saying, I don't want to like make a huge broad stroke over here. I think it is good. And generally it does good, but that's not where it ends. It, 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 we need an attitude change. Um, we, you know, people, how we're going to pay for our elderly and how we're going to pay for ourselves when we eventually get there, God willing, is an issue that we're not dealing with. But certainly the attitude um, needs to change. If we see this time of life as being a time where people can actually revel in 
their life experience and really wear it with pride, then I think we're going to see a different type of society. And I did mention before that I said the fear of aging cheats us, cheats, cheats us out of our youth. And I said that we would explain that, but I think now it's a little bit clearer what, what we mean by that. In other words, living it as an adult and wanting to be young, we can see why that doesn't suit us. But fearing age and aging also cheats, cheats us out of our youth because we feel really that this is a hopeless, this is a hopeless venture, kind of. We just need to work really hard now so we can become that person who can live a life of luxury and really be irrelevant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can get that condo wherever in somewhere in Florida or California and just do nothing and have enough money to do nothing right? and be nothing. So it cheats you out of your youth in that sense also because the the idea of becoming um, is almost a hopeless thing because you're looking at becoming nothing. And it's not a process that we look forward to. Whereas if you imagine that grandparent, let's say, that's sitting at the head of the table and the children around, almost this idyllic image of the children and grandchildren around just, just loving the fact that the grandparents is there, loving his presence, um, loving hearing from what he has to say, you know, having great interactions with him, and just knowing that they're much more grounded in what it is that they are um, and what they can look forward to, then you have a totally different society. You have the youth that actually is going in an upward spiral instead of a downward spiral towards death. And, um, because there's an excitement to become now while we're while we're youth without the fear of we're, it doesn't even matter because at the end we'll be irrelevant. Right now we now's are, the time to to become and then will be the time to be. We're today we're making the best of every day so we can sew this wonderfully beautiful glorious garment for ourselves that we can step into with pride when we get older. It's such a nice idea. Great. I'm loving it. Well. We're glad you, you all joined if you're listening here today. And we loved your comments over the past couple weeks. And we're looking forward to hear from you. Any questions or comments? Uh, you can find us on Spotify now, so you can leave your reviews. We'll answer questions. Um, and just give us a holla. We love hearing from you and wishing everybody a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Be blessed, everybody. See you next week.